Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. If any of you were out at Mount Lebanon for my sermon last weekend, you might remember that today is now the third week in the Easter season we've been revisiting what is known as the Upper Room Discourse. That Maundy Thursday evening in Holy Week with the foot washing, the Last Supper, the final great teachings that Jesus did with his disciples in private as his earthly ministry and earthly life were coming to an end. We know now that Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for his departure, and in every way, that was a challenging task. The disciples couldn't really comprehend what Jesus was saying. They probably couldn't even hear much of what he had to say through their own confusion, anxiety, fear. Remember again, this group of men had left their families, left their jobs, left their whole lives to follow Jesus and to learn how to live and work in a new way only to be told by Jesus on this evening that he was going to be persecuted, handed over to the authorities, and die. For years they had been expecting a kingdom, a kingdom, and now he tells them that he's out of there and where he's going, they cannot follow. This was very unsettling, to say the least. So in the midst of this evening, Jesus made his disciples a promise. And we know that Jesus' promises are true. Jesus promised them that the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, would come to them, remind them of all that he had said, and then lead them into all truth. So then next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Next Sunday we'll gather together again to celebrate the arrival of that Advocate, of Jesus' promise coming true for the disciples, and for you, and for me. Again, don't forget to wear red, That is the symbol of fire. That is the symbol of the presence of God's Holy Spirit. Back to that upper room, though. Right after that amazing promise that we are not alone, that God's absence and body does not in any way mean he's not present with us always, Jesus says this, Peace I leave you. My own peace I give to you. Oswald Sanders wrote this, Peace is not the absence of trouble, it is the presence of God. So then, we have wondered, how do we tap into that promise of peace? We remembered that the promise of peace is tightly linked to the Prince of Peace. Yes, we will have trouble, sorrow, challenges along the way, but we have the promise of Jesus' presence And how do we open that peace? How do we tap into that presence? Well, let's look again to Paul's letter to the Philippians, where there is clear instruction, and I'm sure this passage is familiar to many of you. Be anxious in nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will be with you. It turns out, the divide, the gap between heaven and earth is closed, my friends, by prayer, by communicating, by alignment with the will of the one who made peace, who is peace, and it can always sound simple or trite to say that. But prayer is not a buzzword. It is the key. It is the answer. 
We make peace with God by accepting Jesus as our Savior, but then we have peace by following him and talking with him. And that is really the beautiful part about today's gospel reading. Right there, still in the upper room, Jesus has said so much. He's taught so much. He's done so much. So now, and this is probably the most important part, Jesus prays. He prays that those disciples might endure the challenges that come their way. He prays that they might discover strength in their unity. He prays that they will be drawn together as one, as Jesus and the Heavenly Father are one. And then something wonderful happens. Jesus prays not only for them, but for all who will believe in Jesus because of their testimony. That, my friends, is exactly where we come in. For some unique some special reason, you're here this morning. You're in church. You're in this church. You are here because someone along the way told you about Jesus, whether it was a parent or a friend or a grandparent or whomever, maybe even a priest. Someone told you about the good news that in Jesus, we see that God loves us all. And inspired by this promise, empowered by the Holy Spirit, you came to believe. You're here now. This is the important part to remember, though. Someone told the person who told you, and someone else told that person, and someone told that person as well, and so on and so on, all the way back to the testimony of those disciples, who despite their fear, both this evening and on Easter morning, nevertheless moved out of that closed room and the promise of the resurrection and began to share the good news of Jesus with others. So when Jesus prays not only for the disciples, but for those who believe because of them, he is praying for John's original audience, but he's also praying for all Christians ever and since, all the way up to you and to me. There are more than a few times, I think, where scripture might seem like a story about people living such a long time ago. We might wonder what it has to say to us today, but there are passages and more than a few in John's gospel, where there are little doors that open up to invite us into the story itself, to be active participants in this ongoing narrative of God's constant and perpetual love for this world. You remember one a few weeks ago when Jesus, in his encounter with Thomas, blesses all who believe in Jesus, although they haven't seen him. That included John's community. That includes us. Today, we get another as we hear Jesus on this significant night take time from everything else he was doing to pray. To pray for us. You know that every single week during our prayers, the prayers of the people, we mention beloved family members, friends who are of special concern to us. With intention, we lift up these persons to Christ by name. They are on our prayer list how amazing to remember today and to know that you and I are on Christ's prayer list. With intention, Christ is lifting up us to our Father in heaven. What a difference that might make if we truly remember that. As we struggle with our challenges at work or at home or in school, as we deal with setbacks that come along the way in our professional or personal lives, as we deal with any stress or illnesses, as we try to reconcile such pain and sadness and even trauma, even today, in our world and in our nation 
and in our community, to know that whatever we may face, we will never face it alone. Because Jesus was praying for us back then, promising to accompany us through the Holy Spirit even now, all these years later. On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus Christ prayed for you. Jesus continues to walk with us. Jesus will accompany us through all that may come, holding on to us through the highs and the lows of our lives, even through death, even through death into new life. This week we will remember that as we give thanks right here in the sanctuary for the lives of Jocelyn Lynch and for James Rippey. We remember that promise, a promise of hope, a promise of grace, a promise of resurrection, a promise we so desperately need to hear. And my friends, Jesus' promises are true. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your gift. Thank you for promising your Holy Spirit to be with us, to teach us, to remind us of your love. Thank you for sending Jesus to complete his work here on earth and to intercede for us even now. We come before you with humble hearts and ask that through the many troubles that may come our way, when our hearts are heavy with sorrow or woe, you would bring us ever before you to remind us of your deep love and that your peace is given to us through your Son. Help us even then to reach out to you and to each other in prayer and in compassion and in love. You are worthy of all praise and glory. Thank you for keeping your promises. Amen.